Do you want to be a better version of yourself? Do you look at things in your life that you want to change, things that are bad and things that you want to do that are good, things that are going to make you better? Well, what if I told you that there was someone who could help you to be the person that you have been designed to be? Why not listen to find out who that is? Now, I don't know if it is uh, because of COVID or maybe it's just because I'm middle-aged, but at this moment, I'm really analysing my life and thinking about what I can do to be a better person. I'm looking at where my life is heading. I'm thinking about where do I want it to head and how am I going to get there? And I'm analysing my life and I'm looking at what I'm doing and not doing and thinking, okay, those things I need to stop and these things I need to start. Now, some of those are professional things, but some of those are family things. Some of them are just about improving my health. For example, I am trying to reduce my chocolate intake. Now, that I'm doing pretty badly at. I'm reducing the amount of alcohol I'm drinking, but chocolate I'm struggling with. What I'm trying to do is to get out and run more and see if I can improve my health that way. But what I'm discovering is that old habits die hard. See, running something I come back to time and time again. It's something that I try for a, a bit and then I stop and then I try it again. And to be perfectly honest, that's sort of what's happened now. I've done a bit of running, but I have to admit I haven't run for the last couple of weeks. Because the reality is, I think, that habits are more than what we do. Habits are who we are. In fact, the English poet John Dryden uh, from the 17th century said these words, we first make our habits and then our habits make us. See, our habits, our habitual daily routines, the things that we do, the way we think, the things that we believe in are the scaffolding upon which we build our lives. And this scaffolding is formed over a lifetime. It's formed by our experiences, by our upbringing, by our culture, the stories that we are told to believe in, the things that we are told to aspire to, the things that we believe will get us ahead in the world or maybe protect us from it. It fuels our aspirations and also our daily routines. See, when you attempt to break a habit, you are trying to change who you are. And that's why it's incredibly hard to do. So is it possible to reinvent yourself, to start again, to be a better person, to get rid of those bad habits and to build some good new habits? Well, I think there is hope and that a new life is possible. Over these last two uh, Sundays, we've been looking at just a few verses from 
Colossians. It's a letter written by Paul and Timothy to a church in Colossae, which was located in modern Turkey. It was a Greek town. There was an early uh, new church, Christian church, growing in that town. It was doing really well. It was a church that loved people, but there was some worrying teaching coming in that was affecting what people believed uh, about God and life and themselves and stuff like that. And uh, we've been looking at um, chapter 2 and verses 6 to 15. I'm going to look uh, at verses 13 to 15 uh, this morning. But before we delve into that, we've been talking about going from an old life to a new life, becoming a better person, reinventing ourselves, old habits dying, new habits being formed. And that's an image that's used time and time again uh, in the New Testament to describe what happens when a person becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in fact, that's where we get the phrase, a born again Christian, because Jesus says you need to be born again. It says in the Bible that you, you become a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Talks about going from darkness to light, from death to life, from old habits to new habits, from an old way of thinking to a new way of thinking. Theologians would say it's an ontological change. That means it changes your very being. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, it changes who you are. But the reality is, is that doesn't just happen overnight. Yes, there are some miraculous occurrences where um, drug addicts suddenly become free from any yearning, any addictions that they might have. And that's phenomenal. But for most of us, we tend to take our baggage with us. We may be a new being. We may, may have moved from one life to another, but we have a tendency to take things with us. It's a bit like every year, loads of people move to the island of Hawaii, the, the island paradise. But most of them only last a year or two because they realise that although Hawaii might be a paradise, They've brought their problems with them. Our old habits are difficult to escape. So what does um, Colossians say? Well, let's read from verse 13 of chapter 2 of Colossians. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, I just want to stop there and just define what sin is, because sin um, is an Anglo-Saxon term that we use to describe the Greek word as being used uh, in the Bible. And it's an Anglo-Saxon archery term. It means to fall short of the target. And that's what sin is. It, when we fall short of who we have been designed to be. It's not being our best. It's being a failure. Failing to be who we could be. The best that we could be. That's what sin 
is and sin marks every one of our lives we get sometimes we define it by morality but actually it's far more than that it's anything that stops us from being who God has designed us to be and stops us hinders us from having a relationship with our heavenly father and what this is saying in the letter to Colossians what Paul and Timothy are saying is that God has forgiven our sins it's like we've got this rap sheet you know criminals have rap sheets of all the things that they've done wrong all the reasons why we should be condemned and it's saying here that God first of all has forgiven our sins and has cancelled any charge against us in fact that rap sheet has been taken and nailed to the cross all our failures all our shortcomings, all the ways in which we haven't been who God has designed us to be. Maybe we haven't been the perfect father or mother or a good boss. Maybe you've stolen. Maybe you've abused others. Maybe there are a whole load of things that perhaps you are ashamed of and it holds you back. And time and time again, your mind is drawn to those failures. Well, God has forgiven and forgotten all of those and has nailed them to the cross, nailed your rap sheet to the cross, that they no longer are being held against you. But there is something even more exciting than that. Let's carry on and read together verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, that's Jesus, made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross now when Paul is talking about powers and authority he's not talking about kings and queens and presidents and governors and stuff like that he's talking about spiritual powers spiritual authorities because the picture we get from the bible is that we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual world Now we can struggle to understand that because we're so consumed in the things that we can see and and the things that we can measure, you know, science and stuff like that. But the reality is there is a spiritual aspect to the world that we live in is actually more real than the reality that we see. And that we are spiritual beings. And these habits, these old way of being, these sins are not just mental or psychological scars. Actually, they're spiritual problems that can be dealt with, can only be dealt with successfully in a spiritual way. See, those experiences that we've had in our lives, those negative experiences that have scarred us and hurt us that have caused us to distrust people so our relationships failed that have caused us to view ourselves as victims and therefore that stopped us from taking authority in our lives that have caused insecurities in us that have stopped us from taking risks that's caused apathy that means we're not we just can't be bothered to make the effort that's required to change See, those issues that were caused by past experiences 
or our upbringings are things that we have agreed with and spiritually Satan has taken advantage of. He's used those issues to find an area of influence in your life. And the more we agree with those lies that are spoken about us and over us, the more we spiral downwards and become less and less who God has designed us to be and who we want to be. And the more we struggle to break those habits that shape who we are. And yet what Paul is saying here is that through Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus has given us freedom by disarming the powers and the authorities. Jesus has removed the power of old habits so that we can walk in freedom no longer constrained by the sins of the past. Now, that may sound easy, but there is still a lot of effort on our part. We can declare truth over our lives. We can take authority in the name of Jesus over those strongholds where Satan is having a negative influence on our lives. We can stop giving permission but we still need to walk in the light. We need to walk as if we are a new creation, that we are living a new life, that we have died to our old self and we are now living a new, as a new person. Now, the great thing is God has given us an amazing gift, and that is himself through his Holy Spirit living within us, bringing about change from the inside out. And you can work with the Holy Spirit to bring about change in your life. Now, I haven't got time to go through all the steps that are required to do that, but I'm going to put a link in the YouTube description below, which will give you a playlist of six or seven videos called Stepping into the Supernatural, which will give you some basis to how you can start to deal with these old habits in your life. And if you, and if you would like some prayer, then do contact us at prayer at holybaptists.org.uk. But although I can't give you in this short time all the information you need, I can at least tell you that because of Jesus, because of his death and his resurrection, that you have hope, that change is possible, that you can become the better, the best version of yourself. You can be who God designed you to be. You just have to stop listening to the alternative facts. You have to stop speaking lies over yourself. You have to realise that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a new creation and you are a child of God and you no longer need to walk in darkness because we have been given a great light. Yes, old habits die hard, but because of Jesus, everything is possible.
for we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. He cancelled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we were once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, they were his.